quick one. If you can hit follow or subscribe to this podcast, that really helps me track new listeners. Cheers. Hi, everyone. This week on the podcast, I want to give you a bit of an update on all that's been going on in the world of finance. Now, if you're new to the Wealth Journal podcast, every week I document my weekly learnings on wealth with the view that we, including myself and you, the listener, can learn together and build wealth together for the future. Now, it's important to remember that the Wealth Journal is not financial advice. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. And I don't make any stock recommendations to buy or sell or anything like that. If you do require financial advice, I recommend you speak to a financial advisor and always do your own research before making any form of investment. Now, with that out of the way, let's get cracking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy. I wanted this week to provide a bit of a quick update on the podcast and all things in my Wealth Journal. Now, one thing I did want to cover before I really get into this is just why do I do the Wealth Journal? And the reason for that is that I just want people to understand finance and money much better. It's something that I didn't fully understand until later on in life. It's something that I was interested in. I've taken the time to try and understand it. And I find that there's so many just simple, basic things that I wasn't taught either in school or from my parents that I've wanted to just pass on to other people and help people just become more financially intelligent. I believe everyone has the ability to to build wealth. And it can just take a few basic little bits of knowledge a few bits of insight, maybe some money mindset tips. And that's really what I want the Wealth Journal to get across. I don't do it for any form of gains or financial incentives. That is ultimately why I do the podcast. Don't get me wrong. If people wanted to sponsor the podcast and help me sort of support the podcast, I will accept that. (laughs) But ultimately, I'm what, I don't know, over 30 episodes into the podcast now, seven months of doing this. I genuinely, genuinely want to help people improve their their finances and, and help grow their wealth. And if they can do that by listening to the Wealth Journal podcast, if there's just a few tips and tricks that they can take from this, then hopefully, um, well, it's job done for the Wealth Journal. So that that is ultimately why I do it. So let's jump into the Wealth Journal and what a week it's been, what a few weeks it's been, because assets across the board have been hit hard. The Nasdaq, which is one of the indexes over in the US, officially ended last week in bear market territory. And we covered bear markets a few episodes back on the podcast, which is essentially when an index or indices falls generally 20% off its its highs is considered to be in bear market territory. Now, for crypto traders, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some of the other crypto assets, they've almost been cut in half and some even more. Now, despite the S&P 500 only being down around about 13 to 14%, maybe a bit more now from its highs, only 25% of all listed stocks are above their 200-day moving average. And basically what that means is that the majority of stocks, 75%, are now below their 200-day moving average. And that's, that's the price of those stocks over the last 40 weeks is now below their average price. So 
very much in a in the decline territory. And the 200-day moving average is something that traders tend to use to get a sense of just like market trends. It's sort of a key indicator. But I wouldn't necessarily worry about it too much when you're investing for the long term. So it's safe to say that the massive bull run that we saw in nearly every asset class over the last two years has pretty much come to an end and we're officially in a bear market. Because of this, it may actually be the first bear market that many of the Wealth Journal listeners has, uh, has experienced, especially if you started listening to the podcast last year, you maybe started to invest last year. This could be your very first bear market. Congratulations. Hey. Um, it might not feel like congratulations, unfortunately. So I thought I'd just run through some key tips, some key things to remember about bear markets to help navigate this new market period that we're going through. And some of these tips I got from TradingView, which is an app which allows you to see some really cool market charts, stock charts. I use them on my, um, downloaded them on my iPhone. So check Trading TradingView out. But let's just jump into into some of the some of the key things, and there's four of them. So the first of all is volatility. Bear markets typically bring more volatility in assets prices compared to bull markets. Over the last twenty days, we've seen an average daily move in indices of around about three percent, which is much bigger than the rolling twenty day averages that we saw in 2021 of around about one percent, so almost three times the amount of volatility. And what that basically means is that you're going to see sort of bigger moves in in profit, but also bigger moves in losses as well, which can be a little bit concerning for the average investor. Certainly when you've got some money in the markets and maybe you're watching them on a regular basis, it's never nice to see that. To give you some context, in March 2020, when we saw that huge drop, the average daily range in the S&P 500 then was over 5%. So it was highly volatile, although it was for a short period of time. So it's important to remember, so it's going to have a huge impact on trader psychology or investor psychology. And a lot of the professional money managers and hedge funds try to control this factor by reducing their exposure to volatility and trying to keep it close to a target level. But as a retail investor, you generally don't do this. You sort of just sit back and and watch things unfold. And the main expectation for retail investors, certainly for a long view during a bear market, is just to hold your positions. But we'll get onto, onto that in a little bit more detail. But that's point one, volatility. The next thing to remember is that the average bear market lasts for about two years. So the two-year number mostly refers to how long the average stock bear market lasts. So far in crypto, and a few listeners might have invested in crypto as well, the average bear market that we've seen in, the, in crypto has been around about nine months. And when it comes to a bull market, they tend to last more than six years or so. So while bear markets tend to be much quicker than the periods of growth in equities, they also do tend to be a little bit more memorable. I think you can more often remember the, the losses than you can the, the wins sometimes. They tend to hurt a little bit more. But recently, bear markets have been getting shorter and shorter. The last bear market in March 2020 lasted barely a few months. And some, I guess some attribute this to governments stepping in quite quickly during the pandemic through furlough schemes to keep people employed. Uh, in the UK, we had stimulus checks in the US. 
And others claim that just better communication infrastructure that we see now in the 21st century allows information to be just priced in much faster. So maybe the trend is moving towards shorter bear markets, but who knows? Um, It might last longer than what we expect. So let's just wait and see. So that's point two. It can last potentially two years, but we just don't know for sure. Point three, in a bear market, cash is a position. So I know we've been talking a lot about inflation being very high on the podcast over the last even few months, running at around about, depending on which numbers you look at, 6% up to 10%. So having money sat in a low interest savings account versus maybe invested in in a in markets or stocks that produce a, a higher interest rate is generally considered you know, not good in, in a high inflation environment. It's gradually just eroding its purchasing power. But the buying power of, say, the pound or the US dollar doesn't actually change that much on a day-to-day basis. But the buying power of, say, one share in the S&P, for example, changes much more rapidly per day and can be losing buying power much more quickly. So you do see certain traders actually start to to maybe increase their cash position, selling out of certain stocks and and holding cash. Um, the most important thing during a bear market is to is to stay alive. You don't want to go to complete ruin. But if you're invested in a wide range of indexes and uh, you know maybe spread across a number of different sectors, you're probably well positioned. Um, And some people may consider selling out of some really poor performing areas to free up some cash and just holding that cash. And this has been happening recently. If you look at the major asset classes, people seem to be fleeing towards cash. Bonds, stocks, even gold are all getting sold for cash, especially crypto. (laughs) Um, We'll see a lot of the uh, a lot of the crypto money probably going straight into into cash. So. It's just one thing to to be aware of. Maybe it's better just to sit on a little bit of cash at the moment and have a bit of a reassess and decide what what you want to do, what you want to do going going forward. Another option, maybe a little bit more a little bit more technical, is that you can hedge a poor performing market through short selling. So essentially placing a bet on stocks that you think will go down in value rather than up. Elon Musk recently poked fun at Bill Gates, who is currently um, shorting Tesla. Uh, he's got a short position against Tesla. Something Musk obviously wasn't wasn't happy about. But that is an option if you if you sort of know how to to do that. And there are a few. If you even go on, um, oh, I use Trading Two One Two for example. You can find a few sort of inverse ETFs that are actually looking to to go the opposite way. For example, I think there's a few inverse like Tesla um, products on there that you can sort of bet against Tesla. As an example, um, I'm not suggesting that Elon Musk don't um, <laughs> don't come after me. Uh, actually, who knows? A bit of publicity for the podcast could could work quite well. Uh, although I do own Tesla stock, so maybe something maybe something else. Okay, so point three: cash is a position. The final point uh, is. Bottom picking is hard. Uh, That sounds a bit strange in isolation. Um, But trying to time the bottom of the market is very difficult. And while it's the job of maybe professional traders to try and find, you know, prices when they're at the lowest and sell when they're at the highest, it's been historically challenging to try and do that. 
even sort of during the crash of 2020, many prominent hedge funds were under hedged going into the crash and over hedged coming out of it. Warren Buffett, a good example, he bought quite a lot of airline stocks before the, the sort of pandemic hit and he sold a lot of them right at the at the crash when he made a big loss. So it is very difficult to do that, um, especially in downtrending markets. It can be very difficult. So the best bet is probably to continue to dollar cost average into the market. Not financial advice, um, but you'll tend to buy more of a stock when the markets are lower. And obviously you buy a little bit less when the markets are higher. And hopefully you'll smooth that out over time. And if you can, when prices are lower, maybe you want to take advantage of that and buy a little bit more. Although I appreciate that is easier said than done because emotions run high during this time. And it's never nice seeing your investments almost decline on the daily basis. So this isn't financial advice. Of course, the Wealth Journal isn't about that. But history, if we look at history as an indication, um, and I know you can't look at history as an indication of the of the of the actual future, but if you zoom out, take a long-term view, you'll see that previous bear markets, we've, we've more often than not survived and eventually sort of prospered out of them. So it's the old cliche, when stocks are going up, everybody wants to get in. When they're going down, people want out. I think in this case, you've probably just got to allow logic to prevail. So they're the main four points to remember during a bear market. Volatility, the length of the bear market, around about two years potentially, but nobody really knows. Cash is a position. Don't feel like you have to have all your cash invested. Maybe maybe use cash more tactically. And of course, trying to pick and time the market when it's going to hit its bottom is going to be very difficult. So maybe consider that in your strategy. And there we go. Now, the next point in my wealth journal this week is that crypto has had a bit of a nightmare. Um, and that's due to one of the stable coins called UST or Terra, which is pegged to the dollar. So in theory, one UST is worth the same as one USD has become unpegged. Now, stable coins are useful in crypto as they act like some, almost like a bit of a bank account where you can hold funds in a stable coin, which you know is going to remain in theory stable to invest and is often a quick way to trade back into crypto than to convert sort of your fiat currencies such as your pound dollars and euros into crypto etc then back to fiat blah 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 so using stable coins is is quite a, a useful method but ust however has collapsed recently going as low as 30 cents when in theory it's supposed to remain one dollar and people have been dumping it basically due to concerns of the overall UST ecosystem. I'm not going to get into, into details as to why that's the case. But essentially, it's a bit like having a run on a bank. And the more people sell, the more it compounds the issue. And recently, it has felt like crypto has been more aligned to, to tech stocks. So we've seen them experience similar declines to tech in, in recent weeks. And this UST issue has just made things much worse. So ouch, unfortunately. Now remember, crypto is unregulated. And when investing in crypto, you must be aware of the risks. It's very volatile, more so than the general stock market, and you could lose all your money. I do still think that the long-term prospects of crypto are still positive. The use cases for the technology go far and wide. So that's my general view, but I appreciate it's a, it's a difficult time for the space. But it's been through tough times in the past as well. Now, the final point this week on the podcast is the podcast itself. I've recorded a number of guests these past few weeks, 
and I'm excited to share them with you. So I thought I would just give you a bit of an update this week. That's just fairly quick. Some of you will have noticed that I've upped my social media game also as well the last few weeks based on actually feedback from you, the listener. Um, So I've recorded a few reels that I'm going to drop on Instagram over the next few weeks. And these are basically designed to be quick tips or key learnings that I've come across since doing the podcast. So yeah, let me know what you think. And um, yeah, keen to keen to get your feedback. So if you're not following me on, on Instagram currently, look me up, just search Jay Hardy, The Wealth Journal. Also, um, I've been tweeting a little bit more as well of late. So I've been sharing a few of my tweets. One thing I want to caveat here is that I don't believe for any <laughs> for any second that I'm some sort of thought leader. The purpose of my tweets is really just to try and, again, share maybe something that I've just read maybe something that I've just been thinking about, maybe some some learnings that I've had from the podcast just, just on Twitter and get it out there. And then I might post that on Instagram as well. So it might look like I'm quoting myself. It's certainly not the case. Um, so I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to spread more knowledge in, in whichever way I can. So yep, try and follow me on Twitter as well. I've got tons of followers on Twitter now. It's gradually growing. Uh, no, it's not. That's a lie. So yeah, help me out there. And yeah, that's everything. That's everything this week. Like I said, I've got some great guests coming up the next few weeks. I've recorded quite a few episodes with some guests these past few weeks, which I'm excited to share, but I thought I'd just touch base on this episode. The markets have been pretty crazy. I thought I'd give you an update on that. And I am actually thinking just of my own investments these next few weeks, how I want to start to, I actually want to start to bring more automation to my investments. And, um, that's something that I'm really thinking about at the moment, just to, just to start to do more of going into this uncertain time. So I want to continue to invest. I think that's important for me. It might not be right for somebody else, but at the moment, that's what I want to continue to do. And I'm thinking if I just try and automate that, forget about it. And I'm probably going to, during a bear market, if as long as I'm automated in maybe a broad range of different funds, I can almost invest and then forget a little bit and maybe not worry too much about the, the, the daily ups and downs. So that's probably going to be my strategy going forward. But yeah, that's it for the Wealth Journal this week. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate your support. And I look forward to speaking with you next week. Take care. 